glad you're here tonight. And um, I'm going to continue on the Lord our healer. Amen. Aren't you glad that our God is the God, our healer? That's how he um, pronounced him, himself. I am the Lord that healeth you. Praise the name of the Lord. Say healing belongs to me. Say healing is a children's bread. And I have a blood-bought right to receive my healing from every form of sickness and disease. Because Jesus took upon himself every sickness and disease upon his body. And by the stripes of Jesus, I'm not going to be healed. We were healed. Healing was provided for me over 2,000 years ago. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Before I start, you know, we haven't done this in a while, but, you know, normally Sunday nights we have testimonies. Anybody got a testimony? Nah, I know. See, everybody's going to raise their hand. I already know it. <laughs> we'll never be done. Testimonies are good, though, right? Myra, come up here. You raise your hand. How many of you know we serve a living God? His word is truth. He's real. Amen. And I'm just going to... Okay, so last Sunday was powerful, right? Last Sunday night. So, it was fire. Fire! <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> so, I give all the glory to God because Pastor Sandy called for altar call. And I came up to and I received for myself first. Then, I got up. And I don't know why I went to go sit on that side. And I received again. Then I came back to my seat and I received again. And I went to a whole nother level to where I grabbed my husband and I hugged him like I've never hugged him in so long. And I was crying like, whoo, crying. And... um. We were leaving, and um, Chris was already at the car, and he's like, where's Caitlin? I was like, oh, let me go get her. So I went, came back. I was coming from the back. She was out there playing basketball, and um, I seen him come to the front door, but he had this look on his face like I knew someone, like I know my husband's face, like that's not a normal face. And I was... Um, he was like, come on, we have to go. And I'm like, okay. I'm thinking we got to go because he has to go to work the next day and it's late. And I'm like, okay, let's go. He's already tired. So as I'm getting in my car, I grab my phone and I had like a lot of missed calls, a lot of messages from my daughter-in-law. And my daughter-in-law don't call me like that. 
And um, I don't know if y'all remember, Pastor Sandy was up here. She's like, what time is it? And she's like, oh, it's 7, 40, 42, 41. And she's like, oh, I still got time. Let me keep going. Well, the first message from my daughter-in-law was at 7.43. And it was like, please call me, please call me, please call me. Hurry. I'm on my way to the hospital. Your son overdosed, is overdosing. And I was moved, but I wasn't moved because I knew what I had received here. So, no. I never looked at my messages here. Never opened them. Never got on my phone. I never do that during service. So as I got in the car, I was, like, telling Chris, like, let me call them. So as we're getting, we're getting ready to go to the hospital, getting ready to go to the hospital, I call her. I was like, what's going on? She says, we're on our way home. He's okay. So I knew if I wouldn't have stayed and received there, received there, received here, I might. I was interceding for my son as he was going through what he was going through. And I give all the glory to God. Because had you have stopped early, had you have not that fire night, oh. thank you. Yes. So I was, I was hugging, sorry, I missed that part. As I was hugging Chris, like this boldness came inside me. And I was like, in the name of Jesus, I declare you to take your hands off my children. That's when I like, and I breathed hard and I was just hugging Chris so tight. And he was just like, I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had that boldness inside me rose up and I knew I had it. I knew I had it. And it just like bubbled up and it just like, it's like I spit it out on the inside of me. And it was the most beautiful thing. Little did I know that I was interceding. So from the time at 743 that I got my first text message from her to the time I walked out at 9 o'clock, Nothing happened. He didn't stay in the hospital. He didn't have to get detox or whatever. Nothing. And I gave God all the, all the glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. It's powerful. Because the, the service did just all of a sudden shift it. And she said, had I checked my phone when I got texts, I probably would have left. And she didn't, but because she didn't, she yielded to the Lord. And allowed the Spirit of God to do the work through her. And got the victory. You know, so it's important for... It's important for you to yield. <laughs> it's important for you to yield and allow God to do what needs to be done. Or you can just work yourself up and allow the cares of the world to rob you 
from what God wants to do in your life. Come up here, Miss Elizabeth. I mean, <laughs> I haven't been up here in a while, but I'm feeling really good. good. Well, for one thing, I caught a healing this morning. Amen. And it was, I didn't even have to come to the altar. As soon as you said, uh, there's healing up here today, Amen. Well, I, I thought, what, what is it, Lord? What are you giving me? He said, it's your heart. Because uh, this ankle was swelling up, and my heart rate was wrong. It was so slow. And it was because of that thyroid mess up. And um, I thought, wow. As soon as you said that, the pain went out of my ankle. The swelling went down. And my heart rate, I felt it speed up. Praise the Lord. And I said, well, thank you, Jesus. I don't even have to walk up there. <laughs> you, Can I say one other thing? <laughs> I was just going to say. This is my big chance. Wait, Come on. <laughs> I, am, I was just going to say the only reason you had to walk up here was to testify. Yes, I had to testify. <laughs> I just want to say how grateful I am. Um, God is making a few changes right now, and um, don't be worried uh, about a thing. If I'm here, I'll be here. I'll be here every chance I get because this is my church. I'm not going to any other church. So um, thank you, Pastor. Oh, Miss Elizabeth. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is so good. Amen. Ms. Rose. Ms. Rose. And then we'll, we'll start. Praise the Lord. Good evening, everyone. I just want to... Something about the mic makes you want to cry. But, <laughs> but I just want to give God all the glory. And we, we know as believers that we prosper not just... You know, we prosper in every area of our lives. And um, this is more of, a, of an employment um, and, you know, uh, prosperity for me. Um, I was working for a nonprofit for 12, close to 13 years and working with at-risk, at-risk homeless families. I love my job, but I just felt in my spirit, it's time to go. It's time to move forward. And um, just took that leap and um, I just, you know, started just to kept myself open. I knew where I, I, I want to go, but I just kept myself open like, okay, I just need a little bit of experience of something. So I ended up getting um, hired for a remote war, uh, job and oh gosh, <laughs> you think it's like, oh, how wonderful, but believe me, it's, um, you know, but anyway, so I was a, I'm a bilingual customer service rep. So I'm like, okay, cool, you know. So I, I learned all this, the programs, the databases, the, you know, the monitors here and there, uh, assisting, fa- you know, uh, getting calls from all over the U.S. And um, so it's mostly focused on helping senior citizens with their um, supplemental benefits and, and such, placing orders for them. So, I mean, and people can hear when you smile. 
you know. So I just, you know, learned everything I could. The best of my ability were getting raided on a daily basis. I was like, man, this is like tough stuff, you know. So I'm like, be nice, people, okay? When you call somewhere, you call at and be nice. Well, but anyways, <laughs> so, um, so they could, you know, and I would receive a lot of compliments, you know, and like, you're the nicest lady. Thank you for being patient with me. And I'm like, all right, Jesus, we got this. You know, we got, well, months before I became the top agent of my team. And uh, I was, you know, I was always getting compliments, praises. And I'm like, Lord, you, you know, your word is true. Everything we put our hands to, we prosper. So my, you know, I have this little office set uh, area and um, put, you know, scriptures all over the walls. So I was waiting for calls. I'd stand up and chazak myself. <laughs> chazak myself in the Lord. And that scriptures, that, that Hebrew meaning is from 1 Samuel. When David was, um, when him and his men took off to a battle and another enemy, came and took all his the wives the children they wanted to stone him when they came back and realized that all their things were you know uh, they were robbed so the bible says that he had a hazak himself and that is something that all this time that i knew in my spirit i cannot stay small I know this job is for right now, but I know where I'm going. I know the God I serve. So I know that you need to be trained in things. I mean, you can't be the top chef unless you become the sous chef. Or, you know, there are steps that you need to take in this natural world, right? So I said, Lord, I know where I'm going. I know what I want to be. You've given me that vision. I'm going to, if I am faithful in the little, you, I will be rule over much. So I did that, you know, and, and constantly, Miss Rose, you know, I was offered a team lead position, but guess what? It's on Sundays, and Miss Rose don't work on Sunday. I don't work on Saturday either, so I declined it. I declined it happily because I said, Lord, if one lined up, more are coming. So I did, and... Um, so, you know, they were like shocked, like, what? But, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, so I knew my spirit, you got to go because that's it. You know, you got to move on. So I decided, and I was there like about six months, and I said, okay, I'm going to start applying again, updated my resume one more time. I'm like, ooh, I got this. Updated that. I'm like, Lord, your divine favor surrounds me as a shield. You open up doors of opportunity and huzzah myself every single, not daily, consistently and they're just there and those words and Josh sorry son if I woke you up at times but <laughs> or just as he was leaving I'm like son I can't take her but uh, but again it was just consistently I mean and I thank God because we we can get hurried you know hurry with our lives and you don't stop and see law at times we don't I mean not you but hey you know, I'm just examining myself. That's the first one. You know, my mom would say, you point over there, but there's three coming back at you. So always, Rose, what you doing, examining, what am I doing? So I'm like, Lord, this, I know this is month nine. I know it is. <laughs> but you are faithful. <laughs> you are faithful to the faithful. You remain faithful. And by God, you will answer by fire on my behalf. Well, I applied. And I started getting calls. I'm like, who is this from? Like, God, I had to go back and say, okay, who is this? All right. So I, I interviewed for this company. 
And um, I wanted to get into the insurance scene. And, you know, they're like, well, you don't have the experience. All right, whatever. So I'm like, and then they ask, okay, well, you know, we can't pay that much. It's entry level. Well, in God, there's progression, not regression. So I said, that ain't for me. X kept moving forward. And finally, that's why it's like, no, not just with, you know, as in, and God, I mean, we can be in church and it's not just a matter of being church, be present, be present, soak it in as if it's like, it's your first time, you know, because you're like pastor Sandy says, we're not just, you're not just here for you. There's people that depend on you. I mean, I had one sweet lady on my, at my, you know, on the phone, she said, baby, you're in the wrong job. So I was like, Lord, and she's like, you need to be somewhere else. That's not for you. You are in the wrong job. And I'm like, Lord, okay. <laughs> so, but I was already applying because I knew I can, we cannot stay small. We're, we're the seed of Abraham. There's no way. So, you know, so I applied. <clears throat> I got an, in, uh, an, you know, with the insurance lady, I said, thank you so much, but I'm going to move on forward. So I got another uh, call, and, uh, um, and it was also, you know, on the weekends. I'm, I miss Rose don't work weekends. Sorry, that's not. So I, I ended up getting another call, and they're like, hey, we, you know, it was almost like a month later. So again, while you're waiting, hey, you continue to dance. You continue to shout because you know what you planted. You know what God has shown you. So you just keep on moving, you know, and not be moved. So I was on the interview, and they're like, oh, great. Well, here's interview two. You're like, goodness, okay. And they're like, well, here's four assessments. Ooh, okay. I'm like, I got the mind of Christ. I can do this. So I passed them. They're like, all right, well, one more interview, and then we'll move forward. All right. So we did that, and I was offered a position. But before that, you know, like Pastor Sandy said, living expectation. Where do you want to work? What do you want to do? How much you want to get paid? You want benefits? But, okay, but you know what? This is not where I'm staying. See, I already know. This is just another stepping stone where I'm going to go. You know, because, again, and, and you know, <clears throat> and, and this was a whole different feel for me. I, you know, uh, you know, in customer service, I was like, man, should I be in that? I tried the nonprofit, but I just felt like it was time to go. So I thought, let me get there because this is just a, a big open field in that area. Um, so I ended up uh, getting the position, you know, with this company, uh, with Shell Energy. And um, not only will I be working in the woodlands, but Miss Rose don't work weekends because they're closed weekends. So I said, okay, check, you know. So uh, now my salary doubled. And, you know, so I, again, but, that, but that's nothing. Parents, family, you know, my, my son is sitting up there. When you stand on the word of God, man, I know I, I'm crying up here now. I don't mean to be emotional, but it just moves you that, you know what? If God did it for her, he can do it for me. But the testimony, people, that your children see, are you real? Are you really? Are you talking behind? Are you walking behind the talk? It's what you do behind closed doors. It's what you do in your home that is a big testimony. Yes, you know, we, our heart is, is, you know, 
for the souls, but more so, you know, for our family to stand and say, you know what, this is real. I heard that lady in the five, six in the morning praying in the Holy Ghost and, you know, confessing and professing the word of God, not just confessing, but professing that Lord. And Brother Ram, you prayed with me, sir. You prayed with me, um, and I marked it on my, on my, you know, notes when I came and I asked, you know, could you pray for me for employment? And you said, um, I'm not just the job, but the job. But I, I know in my spirit there's something bigger, you know. And, um, but I just give God all the glory because when you, when you intertwine, I mean, it's when we are connected to the vine, his word is so, and, and he prospers you in every way, in every area of your life. So, you know, and I was told in this position, there's room for growth. And that, that's wonderful because, you know, I already see myself, okay, if I did it there, God will do it again and again. But it's, it's for me, I was like, Lord, and the, when I mentioned about being here in the house of the Lord, it's like, yeah, we can sit here 10, 15, but if you're not doing, God has done his part. And it's just about taking him at his word and saying, Lord, you are the great I am, you know, and if I, when I tithe, I do it with my whole heart because, and it's just like, okay, here, man, I come, I don't care if I got a skirt, I will bow down my knee to the great I am, and I will say, Father, you said in Malachi 3.10, bring the tithe and store of the storehouse that there would be meat in my house, then you would open up the windows of heaven, pour down blessing, I will not be able to contain but then there's the tithes, you know, and there's so many others. So it's like, yes, that moves God because you know what? That's we dedicate our time to to earn, you know, the money. But the most part is like there's nothing that we could ever do to pay, not even pay back, but just to give back God in return. And I always say, Father, if you took me out of that depression, but I had a call out, you know, if you took me, man like a job please that's papitas you know that's potatoes but you know what I, I had to sit down and say Lord your word says you know I love Isaiah 60 or 61 that is and I love the Amplified because that was that was me for a moment where it says arise from the depression and position that circumstances have kept you I was like, that was me when I first walked into this house, you know. But as I learned and I applied the word of God, you know, it's like this is where we stand. But I could have been here 10 years and not done nothing. It's like, no, you, you know, you got to show it. And, you know, and I mean, you look, I look in the mirror. I'm like, man, get me, you know, I'm not 20 no more. It went like that. I, I, I. But you know what? I said, Lord, and your word says that the later will be better for us. So that's something that we can stand and say, you know what? And the beautiful thing is that it's God, not us. But he does need you to, you know, to take action here on this earth because that he wants us to do that and be that message for everybody else that, hey, if, if she can do it, then I can do it. But then you know what? Yes, we have to stay in the word. You, I mean, there's times that it's like you're reading the word and it, it, you feel it in your, in your mouth like it's honey, it, you know, and you ingest it. But it's not like Brother Ram said it on Wednesdays. You, you just can't take it casually. We have to. It's like, and like Pastor Sandy always says, 
how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Because God is faithful if you're, if you're willing to, to do it. And, you know, and, and Josh, son, you know, God, God has not just blessed my life. I mean, uh, my daughter, I mean, you know, she has a testimony of her own. And, you know, I had, but, and God is just the restorer of things. Not just in, I mean, it's family. It just trickles down because that's who he is. You know, you stick there and it's just like the aroma of his love. And I call him the winks of God. Like, I got you, girl. Don't worry. I got you. It's going to be okay. No matter what it looks like, it's going to be okay. You know, because he loves us, you know, and, and I see, you know, Josh, you know, how God has, you know, is that okay, Pastor Sam, <laughs> you know, how much he's, you know, doing, but again, parents, it starts with us, no matter who's with you, you know, no matter who's for you, but you know what I know, I'm me and my Jesus, that's who, that's who I have, that's who I have, and that's all I need, you know, and, and your, your children are your greatest audience, they are, they are, and it's just a beautiful thing to see, like, Lord, if you bless my life and you bless their lives, and you could tell when we visit family, you know, and we had a, a, my mother-in-law's 75th birthday party, and I was like, you know, we're in um, agreement that, you know, my family, you know, this is my husband's side, and I went in, like, you know, I had talked to Beatrice, like, ah, no quiero ir, I don't want to go. <laughs> You know, because they I love mariachis and all that, but I'm like, it's okay. You know, I'm like, the moment I step on there, I'm the light, you know, because Christ is in me. And, you know, one sister-in-law in particular, you know, they're just like, oh, you know, I'm not going to talk. And she came, and it's like, it's true how he says, even, not that she's my enemy, but even your enemies. Man, she came, she's like, hey, Rosie, man. She was like, just through the whole night. And I was able to, you know, and she's going through things, so I was able to, to share. But they see something's different about you. Something's very different about you. So, it, you know, and again, it, and just not, it's not just for you. It's for others. It's for others. It's for, to be that witness because, you know, there were times that I always said, Lord, I, you know, I want to say, well, do something, Rose. Like, do something. Hazak yourself. You know, stick that finger in the electricity and get... You know, you got to do something, you know. So that's why I was just like, you know what, Father, this year, I know it's, I was just telling Pastor, it's the 2nd of October, but it ain't over for us. It's not, you know, because he is, you know, he is an on-time God, and he's a God of now. And that is something that, Lord, you know, and that's what my thought was, like, well, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, but now with living expectation, you have that, like, no, by this you're a God of now. I can't believe ahead because you know what? Or it, it's more of he, he's not a God of tomorrow. He's of now. That's why we receive it now. And behold, my God, well, he, does he not make it come to pass? I mean, he just touches my heart. And I just had to come up here and share and, you know, and just give God all the glory to tell him, thank you, Father. And if he did it for me, he can do it for you. Praise the Lord. How many of you, do, of you believe God can do it for you? She said, all I had to do was stick my finger in the socket. Is that what she did? Well, <laughs> Kenneth Hagin says it like that. He says, you know, the power of God is always present. It, you know, it's like this building. When we leave, we turn off all the lights, but there's power. 
All it takes is for somebody to come and switch that switch on. And then when you get your faith activated in the Lord, it's like you turning on that switch to, to, to connect to the power that has already been made available for you. Amen. How was that um, encourage yourself in Hebrew? Hazah. So you got a Hazah. Hazak. And you got a Sila. You got to encourage yourself continually in the Lord and you got a Sila. You got to take some time to stop, meditate, and think about the goodness of God. And then you'll realize that whatever you need is nothing but papitas to the Lord. <laughs> Potatoes. <laughs> Have you been blessed with those testimonies? I know there's more, but we're going to get into the word of the Lord. Amen. So this morning, um, I took some time to minister on uh, the Lord, our healer. Um, I... I um, Was I began to share with you um, God's will concerning healing, how it's revealed in four main ways. Say four main ways in the scripture. And um, the number one is when God, his own pronouncement of himself. He said in Exodus 15, 26, as I read to you this morning, he said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put or permit none of these diseases upon you which I have brought upon the Egyptians. And then he said of himself, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And we can see in many other scriptures in the Old Testament where God healed amen and then in the second thing that i uh, showed you out of the scripture how god revealed himself uh, uh um of his willingness to heal because you know it's it's um not good enough to know that god is all powerful that god is able that god can you got to take it to another level and say, God, I know that God is not only able, but he's willing. Because if you, live it, if you leave it just as I know God can. Yes, he can. He's all powerful. He's almighty. He's the I am that I am. He's the El Shaddai. He's the Lord, our healer. But if you leave it at that, there's no, not, it's not enough there. You have to not only uh, to activate your faith or to connect yourself to the healing power of God, you got to know that not only is God is able, but he is willing. You have to know that it is God's willing will for you to be healed. Faith begins where the will of God is known in any area. If you want to build your faith in any area, you know, you get it in the word of the Lord and that knowing what God says about you will let you know his will. And once you get the will of God, then you know God is willing, and, and then you're able to partake of, of the power of God. In this case, the healing power of God. So that's why you got to know uh, what God's will for your life is. And the reason why people don't receive, whether it be in the area of finances or in the area of healing or, 
you know, uh, um, whatever area, is because they know God can. They know he's powerful, but they don't know, they haven't gotten for themselves God's will concerning that area. But when you do, there's no denying it. It, 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 it builds your faith to know, I know, I know what God has said concerning my situation in this area. And therefore, then, then you connect your faith to the will of God and you're bound to see the, the, the glory of God upon that area in your life. Are you with me tonight? So you got to know, uh, it's important to know God's will. And, 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 uh, and I shared with you that the, the second uh, area in this main way in the scripture that God showed us his will concerning healing was in the ministry of Jesus. We, you know, the best scripture on that one is Acts 10 38. You know, Jesus, when he began his ministry also, you know, said the spirit of the Lord is upon me for God has anointed me with the Holy Spirit and power, uh, uh, to preach the gospel to the poor. So he, you know, he, he announced his ministry and he said, this very day, this, ministry, uh, this scripture is being fulfilled right, in, in, you know, right before your eyes. And he was talking about himself. So Jesus, you know, uh, ministry was the proclaiming of the gospel of the kingdom, was the teaching of the gospel of the kingdom, and the demonstration of the gospel of the kingdom. And so there, you know, there should always be a following to the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. It should result in the manifestation of the Lord. Amen. And so in Acts, in Acts um, uh, 1038, like I mentioned, uh, uh, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For who was with him? For God was with him. Amen. Jesus, the Son of God, was and is the exact representation of the Father. If you want to know the Father, you look at Jesus. Amen. And, and, you, and you look at, that's why it's so important for you to read the Gospels. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's important to read the Gospels because it shows you the life of Jesus, what he did, his ministry. And you're going to find out that Jesus went around doing good. Amen. And so... And healing, he took away sickness. He took away diseases. And, and the Bible says that when Jesus, you know, they will bring the sick to him. And, 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 and or he will be preaching and teaching the, 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 the gospel of the kingdom. And then it says that the power of God was present to heal the sick. Amen. You heard me say this morning that the only place where he could not do, not he wouldn't do uh, uh, miracles, but just lay his hands on a few uh, and, and that they receive healing or healed a few was in his own hometown because they, they familiarized themselves with him. You know, they said, well, you know, they marveled at his teaching. They marveled at his preaching, but then they got in their head. And then they said, well, isn't this the carpenter's son? isn't his sisters and his brothers amongst us so they looked at him like just somebody else Jesus is not somebody else amen he's the savior of the world amen hallelujah and so and and he came uh, um to fulfill uh, um what God has sent him to do here on this earth and so because of that because they just looked at him like somebody else the Bible says that because of their lack of faith he could not do 
Not he wouldn't heal them. He couldn't because of their lack of faith. So lack of faith will always uh, uh, hinder you from receiving uh, from the Lord. Not just in healing, but in any area. You got to make a decision. Like Ms. Rose was saying, you got to want it. You got to take God at his word. You got to be here and be here. Not look at me. Oh, Pastor Sandy, here she goes again. Then, you, then you're no different than the, the people that God couldn't do anything for because they just thought, here we go again. You know what I'm saying? And so, but when you come fresh and when you come hungry, then glory to God. God will get something over to you. And it'll change everything about, about whatever it is that needs to be changed in your life. Amen. Because it's not me. It's him through me. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And so, so the Bible says that um, in Mark 6, 56, that they brought to him many that were sick and possessed by devils. And as, as many touched him were made whole. So healing was a normal part of Jesus' proclamation of God's kingdom. As many as touched him, I love that, were made whole. There's plenty for everyone that dares to believe. Hallelujah. Believe what? Whatever it is you can believe the Lord for. Amen. As many as touched him, the Bible says that they were made whole. So the number three part uh, that, that uh, God's will is revealed to us, it's in um, the provision of Christ's atonement. Say Christ's atonement. Somebody might say, what is that, Pastor? And so I want to take some time sharing that with you so you can have a good understanding. Is that okay? Glory to God. I was reading this and it was pretty awesome. Because let me take you back a little bit. Um, atonement means to cover over. If you were wondering. Atonement means to cover over. And has the idea of covering over sin by making an equivalent payment. It's a ransom. Amen. So that adequate recompense is made for the offense or the sin. So the need for atonement and I'm going to take you, I'm just going to, I'm just going to explain it to you a little bit. And, and so that you can, then, then we can go down to Christ. But the need for atonement arose from the fact that Israel's sin, and you can read this in Leviticus 16. You can read it on your own time. But the need for atonement or to cover over, say cover over. I don't like that cover over. Thanks to Jesus. Let me not get ahead of myself. So the need for atonement arose from the fact that Israel's sins, if not atoned, if Israel's sin 
were not covered over would be subject to God's wrath. So in order for God's wrath wouldn't come upon the, the Israelites, there had to be an atonement that had to be made for their sins. Did you get that that far? And so let me read in Colossians. Just bear with me. In Colossians 3, glory to God, hallelujah. I was thinking of Vanessa, I don't know why Vanessa, when I was reading on the atonement. Like, <laughs> she, 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 she knows a lot, praise the Lord. <laughs> so in Colossians 3, verse 5. It says, well, verse 4, verse 3. It says, for your, you died to this life in the NLT, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. That's one of my favorite scriptures. You need to seal on that scripture. Because it says, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ. And Christ is in God. That's a lot of cover up right there. If you take a moment. That's a lot of protection right there. It says, and when Christ who is your life, is he in, or not your life? Yeah, when we give our lives to Jesus, he's, that's, he's everything. Amen. And when Christ who is your life is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. And then verse 5 says, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. So there is a wrath that is, that is, that is uh, being reserved for people that don't repent of their sin. That's not for us because we repented. Are you with me? Uh, 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 uh. You look at me like, huh? But if you are in Christ Jesus, that's not you. Amen. But you gotta live a, 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 a you gotta live a, 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 a given life to Christ. That's what Christianity is. You, you're called to live a holy life. You're called to live a separated life. And if you sin, you gotta repent of sin. That means cut it. Stop it. That doesn't mean I'm sorry and find a better way to sin so that you don't get caught. No, it means I'm cutting it. I'm sorry. I hate that I did this and I don't never want to do it again. I want to please the Lord. It means you have true repentance. That means you turn away from your sin and you don't touch it anymore. Are you with me? Because there will be a wrath that is withheld for people, for sinful people. Oh, and that's not good. Are you with me? But say thank you, Jesus. So I know it's not scary, but that's not for you if you've repented. So, so the need of atonement arose for the fact that the sins of Israel 
if not atoned, if not covered for, would be subject them to God's wrath. And so the purpose of the Day of Atonement was to provide a comprehensive sacrifice for all the sins that may not have been atoned or covered over in the sacrifices offered throughout the preceding year. So thereby, the people would be cleansed from their sins of the past year, turning away God's wrath towards them and maintain God's fellowship with them. Remember, Leviticus 16. You can read this. So because God desired to save the Israelites, how many of you, God is so merciful? And he all, he's a way maker. And even in the Old Testament, he made a way. This was just a type of that which was to come. Are you with me? So because God desired to save the Israelites, forgive their sins, and reconcile them to himself, he furnished a way of salvation by accepting in their place the death of an innocent life, the animal that was sacrificed. So there was an animal that had to be sacrificed for the shedding of the blood for a day of atonement in which uh, it, that, that, that animal will be sacrificed and he would shed his blood and it, that blood will cover the, over the sins of, the, of Israel. Are you with me? And the, the, the high priest will do this once a year. And so it was a type of that which was to come. And so, so this animal... This is what happened. This is what they did back then. This animal bore or bore upon it their guilt and penalty. Say guilt and penalty. So this animal bore. And you remember what the Bible says in Isaiah 53 that Jesus bore our sicknesses, our diseases, our pains, our sorrows. It came upon him. And so, and, and not only that, but it, it, and it covered over their sins by its shed blood. By its shed blood. This was what they did on the Day of Atonement once a year to cover over the sins so that the wrath of God would not come upon them and they would receive a, a, a purification and a, and a forgiveness of sin or a covering of sin. Are you with me? Am I doing good? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so in Leviticus 16, it describes the day of atonement. Say the day of atonement. The most important holy day of the Jewish year. I know this is Old Testament, but I'm a, it's going to carry on. Amen. To the new. So on this day, the high priest clad in his sacred garments i mean just think they had to do all these he would the, the high priest will would clad in sacred garments and then it says that he first prepared himself by bathing with water then before making atonement or the the covering over of sin through the the sacrificial ritual uh, it says uh, that, that it, it says then before making an atonement 
for the sins of the people, he had to offer a bull for his own sins. That's a lot, right? But this is what, what had to be done. This is what had to be done. So he, he, he put on his, his garments, and then before he went and took care uh, uh, um, uh, of the, 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 the sins of the people, he first had to take care of his. And it even says that, that the priest, they would tie ropes on him. Was it on his waist? With bells. In case he went in unclean, he will drop dead. And they would have to drag him out because nobody can go into the holies of holies but the high priest that were cleansed. Isn't that powerful? And so he would, if he was unclean, he would drop dead. And nobody would just run in there and get him. They would pull him by the, they would put the ropes on him and, and pull him, pull him out. And so he first had to take care for his own sins. Next, say next. He took two goats, say two goats, and cast lots. That means he went mini, 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 mo. One goat became the sacrifice. He was called the slain goat. The other became the scapegoat. So there was two, two, two goats. One was the slain goat and one was called the scapegoat. So he killed the first goat, took its blood, entered the most holy place behind the curtain and sprinkled the blood of that goat on the mercy seat. Placing the blood between God and the tablets of the law that were inside the ark. Laws they had broken, but that were now covered by the blood. Making atonement or covering over for the sins of the entire nation. Are you still with me? As a final step, say final step. He took the live goat. So one was a slain goat and one was a scapegoat. So he took, he took the live goat. And then what he would do is he would lay his hands on its head, confessed over it all the unforgiven sins of the Israelites. And then he will send it away into the wilderness, symbolizing that their sins were being carried out of the camp to disappear in the wilderness. Isn't that something? He would, he would, that scapegoat was specifically to confess all the sins of the Israelites and put it upon that, that, that goat. And then when he did that, he would release it into the wilderness to never return and come back. Say God is a perfect God. Say, he's so good. So the day of atonement was to be solemn assembly, a day which the people fasted and humbled themselves before the Lord. This response emphasized sin's seriousness and the fact that God's atoning work was effective only for those who had a repentant heart 
and a persevering faith. The day of atonement accomplished atonement or covering over for all sins and transgressions, not atoned for during the previous year. It had to be repeated every year in the same manner. So every year there was a day of atonement. There was, this, this had to be done to cover over the sins of, of Israel so that the wrath of God will not come upon them. God established that. that. And, and, and so that's good, right? But then there is Christ. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. There is Christ and the day of atonement. <laughs> you know who became that goat, that, 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 that slain goat and that escape goat? The day of atonement is replete with symbolism pointing to the mediatorial ministry and atoning death of Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, the author of Hebrew emphasizes the new covenant fulfillment. New covenant fulfillment. I want you to say that, new covenant fulfillment. Of the typology of the day of atonement ritual. I want you to go to Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9. Are you getting something? Are you going to leave here like the goat, the what, the hook? <laughs> Hebrews 9. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. The Spirit of the Lord is saying. In Hebrews 9, it says, well, let's go to 6. Hebrews 9, 6. When these things were all in place, the priest regularly entered the first room. As they perform the religious duties, but only the high priest ever entered the most holy place. Not everybody could go into the most holy place or the presence of God, where the presence of God dwelt. And only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins and for the sins of people had committed in ignorance. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance of the most holy place was not freely open as long as the tabernacle and the system it represented were still in use. This is an illustration, verse 9. This is an illustration pointing to the present time. For the gifts and sacrifices that the priest offered are not able to cleanse the conscience of the people who bring them for the old system say the old system deals only with food and drink and various cleansing ceremonies physical regulations that were in effect only only until a better system could be established <laughs> say a better system has been established hallelujah Glory, 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 hallelujah. And then in Hebrews 10, 
um, 18, let me see what it says. And when sin have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. Praise the Lord. When sin is forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. The fact that the Old Testament sacrificial rituals had to be repeated annually, and they did annually, but the fact that it had to be repeated annually indicates that there was something temporary or insufficient about them. This atonement of the Old Testament was awesome and was good for the people. God's mercy, God's loving kindness for his people that he did this. But that was only temporary. That was only, you know, it, it was not sufficient. They pointed ahead to the time when Christ would come take away permanently all confessed sin. Hallelujah. Why is this so important? Because because of, uh, because of what Jesus has done, we, sin power is broken over our lives once and for all. And death is a result of sin. And every form of darkness is a result of sin. And in darkness is sickness and disease. So when the Lord made way to do away once and for all of sin, then he, with that, he, he brought healing. Not only forgiveness of sin, but healing for sickness and disease. Thank you, Jesus. In Hebrews 9.28, did I read that already? No. It says, so also Christ was offered once for all time. Say once for all time. As a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. So God is not going to come to deal with us of our sin. We already been forgiven of our sin. If you've given your life to Jesus and you've repented of your sin, then you've already, he took your sinfulness and he gave you his righteousness. He who knew no sin became sin so that all who believe in him and receive him will become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when Jesus returns for you, he's not going to return for you to deal uh, you in a sinful, like because of your sin, he's going to come and bring completion. He's going to come and bring completion to us. We only see in part. We only know him in part. But the day is going to come that we're going to see him face to face. That we're going to see him for who he really is. Hallelujah. Imagine that. If when the presence of God gets comes upon this place like it did Sunday night. And it's so overwhelming. It's so good. And it overtakes. The goodness of God just overtakes. 
is when the completion of things come. You think you're going to be like, oh, Jesus, what's up, my bro? What's up, bro? I'll guarantee you we're going to fall flat in our faces. First of all, because you made heaven. Second of all, because he's worthy. If you're worshiping him down here, knowing that he's taken away your sin, that he became that, that, uh, that scapegoat, that he became that slain goat that took away your sin, your diseases, you know, your messed up life. And, and how many of you that's really, it's a reality in your life. Like, you know, you're, you're not a sinner. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And, and that's why you praise him. That's why you worship him for the newness of life that he has given you. That's why it's not a big deal to worship him to fall on your knees to be at church and even if you would it's not a big deal because you know that you owe your life to him you know that he's done it all you know that he is the very reason why you wake up with breath every day he is the very reason why you could do the things that you can do he is the very reason why you you are fulfilling his purpose here on this earth ah And then you, you, and then, and then you were, you, you know, you, people, I don't know what, what kind of idea people have when they get to heaven. You know, if you, you don't know how to worship him here. If you're in a hurry down here, what about when you get to the real, do you think God is just going to like force you? It has to be, heaven has to be in you. Eternity has to be in you. The heart of God has to be in you. So when you get there, because your expectation is not here. Your expectation is that one day I'm going to face him face to face and I got to live every day making sure everything counts for eternity so that when I get there, I know I've done what I had to do to please my father and I'm looking forward to the day that I hear the words out of the mouth of the Savior. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. It starts down here. Heaven starts down here. That's why Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven starts down here. You're living for eternity now. You're living for eternity now. What's this? You want to be a stranger down here when you get to heaven? Whew. I better burn a lot of calories right there because it came from my belly. God is so good. Hallelujah. So if Christ was offered once and for all time as a sacrifice to take away once and for all time. Jesus already came. He already made a way. He already made provision. To take away the sin of many. It says he will come again. Not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. Are you eagerly waiting for him? I see people that are eagerly waiting for the Father. Hallelujah. 
Glory be to God. In Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, 10, it says, or let's start at 8. No? Well, oh, let's start at Hebrews 1. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim, a dim preview of the good things to come. Not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshipers would have been purified once and for all time. And their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sin year after year. For it, for it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Remember, the atonement means cover over. Because it was not possible for the blood of bulls and the blood of goats to take away they only could cover over they could not take away that is why when Christ came into the world he said to God you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings but you have given me a body to offer mm. You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings of sin. Ugh, I don't know what I'm crying. No, I know what I'm crying because it's just so sweet. Praise the Lord. God is so good. Whew. Glory. Oh. <laughs> You are not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings of sin for sin. Let me start at verse 5 again. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, Christ said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. Oh. Why did I read that again? You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. Then I said, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as is written about me in the scripture. You know, Jesus even had to submit himself in obedience to the Lord. And then it says, then I said, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it as is written about me in the scripture first Christ said you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin nor were you pleased with them though they are required by the law of Moses then he said look I have come to do your will he he canceled the first covenant in order to put the second into effect for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. 
Christ, God's will was for us to be made holy. Say holy. By the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day. Offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sin. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins. Good for all time. Good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Hallelujah. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. Where are, where are the feet of Jesus? <laughs> under our feet. We are the body of Christ. So, he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, for by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. That's us. He made perfect those who are being made holy. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says... This is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their heart and I will write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. Come on. That, that is so wonderful. I will never again. <laughs> Just because somebody remembers what you did don't mean God does. So don't worry about it. I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. He was perfect. Amen. Glory be to God. Oh, that messed me up in a good way. <laughs> Hallelujah. The two goats represented the atonement, forgiveness, reconciliation, cleansing, and cleansing accomplishment by Christ. The slain goat represents his substitutionary and sacrificial death for sinners as payment for their sins. And then there's the other buddy, the scapegoat. The scapegoat sent away bearing the sins of the nations, uh, typifies Christ's sacrifice, which removes sin, removes sin, doesn't cover over. He doesn't cover our sin. He removes. He removes it. The old system could only cover. It was temporary. But Christ's sacrifice removes there's no covering nothing there's a removing of sin and guilt from all who repent from all who repent no matter who it is when there is repentance there is forgiveness 
once and for all. Say once and for all. <sighs> Hallelujah. In Psalms 103, and not 103, 1 through 5. No, not that one. Psalms 103, 12, it says, He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. Well, let me go to 11. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. That's how far he's removed him from the east, from the west. Hallelujah. Who's thankful for that? <laughs> he's removed. Removed. It's gone. Hallelujah. He bore our sins. Hallelujah. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Praise the name of the Lord. And then in Isaiah 53. I think I just went a whole different direction. In Isaiah 53, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Isaiah 53, verse 6, it says this. All of us like sheep have gone astray away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sin of us all. Hallelujah. Christ was that sacrifice which removed our sin and our guilt once and for all for those who repent. It says the Lord laid on him the sin of us all. And in verse 11, go down a few verses. It says, when he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. Hallelujah. That's us. Amen. For he will bear all their sins. All of our sins came upon Jesus. And he paid a price. He took our place. Are you with me? For he will bear the sins of the people. And then it says in verse 12, I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted amongst the rebels. He bore the sins of many and, in, and, and interceded for rebels. Can you say thank you, Jesus? Hallelujah. In John, in John 1, 29, it says... The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And in Hebrews 9, again, 26, it says, 
If that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again, ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove, say remove, sin by his own death as a sacrifice. To remove sin, not cover over, to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. For sin, there is forgiveness. For sickness, there, for, there is healing because of what Jesus Christ has done. The sacrifices on the Day of Atonement provided a covering over of sin, not a taking away of sin. Christ's blood shed on the cross, however, say however, is God's ultimate atonement for humankind. So, you know, back, the atonement, previous atonement was a covering over, was temporary. But Christ's atonement, it was an ultimate atonement for humankind, which takes away sin and guilt permanently. Say permanently. Can you say thank you, Jesus? Oh, hallelujah. In Hebrews 10, glory be to God. He was the perfect sacrifice. Amen. In Hebrews 10, 4, did I read this already? I did, but I'll just read this verse 4 again. It says, for it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. It wasn't possible. And, and then in uh, 10, it says, For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away the sins. But Christ was the perfect sacrifice. And I already read you those scriptures, Hebrews 9 and Hebrews 10, where it says that he paid the full penalty for our sins. And the reason why I keep targeting the sin, the sin problem, is because in order for provision for healing to be made available uh, for the people, the sin problem had to be dealt with. Amen. So in order for God to make provision for healing, uh, uh, for, you know, for, for humanity, he first had to deal with the sin of man. And he did. Once and for all, Jesus Christ became the perfect sacrifice to take away the sin of the world permanently. And with that, and with that you know, comes uh, uh, salvation. Because of that, you know, people can be saved. People can receive salvation. People can receive forgiveness of sin. People can receive healing for sickness. Are you with me? Can for death, they can receive life. Not just life, eternal life and resurrection life. That's the life that Jesus came to give. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. And it's all because of what Jesus Christ has done. 
Is anybody thankful in the house tonight that Christ Jesus has not only made a way for forgiveness of sin, but healing for sickness and diseases? And it doesn't matter what disease it is. The blood of Jesus is enough. It doesn't matter what sin you come with to God. The blood of Jesus is enough. When you truly repent of sin, it doesn't matter what the sickness is, what the disease is. The blood of Jesus is enough. Do you believe it's enough? Say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is good. Amen. Just open your mouth and thank him. Thank him that he paid in full. Thank him that he became that slain goat and that scapegoat. Hallelujah. Thank him that every sin and sickness and disease was placed upon him. Glory to God. The Bible even says that he became poor, that through his poverty you might become rich. Glory. There's a lot that you have in your redemption in Jesus Christ. And you have to press in. You have to press in. You know, it doesn't stop at salvation. Salvation is just the beginning. Why be saved and be sick? Why be saved and be broke? Why be saved and be mentally not there? Why be saved in bondage, suffering, and pain? Why not press in to be able to partake of the full benefits of everything that God has made available for his people? You got to press in and say, God, I'm going to sit at your table and I'm going to partake of everything that you have made available through your death burial and resurrection I want all the benefits in Psalms 103 I want everything the Bible says I can have hallelujah the Bible says that the word of God is medicine to those that find it if you truly believe it you're gonna put it on the inside of you you're gonna you know if the doctor said you went to the doctor and they told you you know, I want you to take this three times a day for 20 days. You're going to do it. Well, take the gospel like medicine because it is the life of God. And when you put it on the inside of you, you got to believe that it begins to replenish your whole body. Everything that is out of order that you might not even know. When the life of God gets in it and on it, it brings everything to life. Hallelujah. Charles Capps called the word of the Lord God's pills. <laughs> the gospel is God's pills. God's pills. Come on. Three times a day for 21 days. You know how you, you develop habits? I think it takes 21 days to develop a habit. Naturally. Challenge yourself. But I mean, if I have to tell you, if I, you got to get hungry. You got to get hungry. I'm talking to, I'm talking to, I'm talking to awesome people tonight that are hungry. Y'all are hungry. You're here tonight. You're hungry. I mean, who drives from San Antonio to be here on Sunday morning, Sunday night? What, hold on. Who drives down here to be at, at young adults, spends a night? You know, what an awesome mother you have. Ma'am, you're amazing. You're a good woman. I'm telling you, you have a great son, and he's going to do great things for the kingdom of God. And I know you know that. And that's because of the decisions that you've made even to, you know, give your life to the Lord. Hallelujah. There's great things ahead of y'all. 
Glory to God. You've seen nothing yet. And I'm not just saying that. As a matter of fact, I want you to come up here and I want to pray for you. You didn't come all the way over here. Praise the name of the Lord. I want you to, I want you to come up here. I'm going to pray for you before you leave. All of y'all. Praise the name of the Lord. Is a baby asleep? Do you have a baby asleep? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for an impartation of your anointing upon this family. I want you to just stand right here. I'm going to pray for you. Glory be to God. Just stand over here. Just put your mom right here. I want you to lift up.